Welcome to The Bridge. Fun conversations on culture, life, and everything in between. Hello and welcome to The Bridge. We are a show that connects East and West. My name is Jason and I'm originally from California. I'm living here in beautiful Wuhan, China. Today with me is Bebe. Yes, Bebe from Beijing. How are you, Jason? I'm wonderful. All right. Find us where you get your podcasts. If you like the show, then consider pushing the like button or giving us five stars. Suggestions, comments, anything you would like to share, email us at welovethebridge at gmail.com. We love the bridge. So I wanted to talk today about the, this is an interesting term for me. As a person who doesn't study economics, but is interested in economics, there's a term called downshifting. And a lot of economists on like mm. different economic websites and media platforms are talking about the U.S. economy downshifting. Mm -hmm. I guess that's a, a, a nice way of saying that the U.S. economy isn't doing well. <laughs> or people are spending like that they're becoming more careful. They're buying cheaper things. That's my kind of my guess. Mm -mm. Well, I don't know. Mm. The stock market seems to have taken a few dips in the last few weeks. Mm. And, you know, it's not like it, it, it. There's no crash. It's not like that. It's not so dramatic. But definitely, I think people are worried that the uh, stock market may be overvalued. You know, I, I don't do that kind of investing, but I read a lot about it. Mm -hmm. And a lot of professional economists, professional uh, professional. Actually, I'll, I'll quote an article here. CNBC. It's a huge, uh, you know, investment mm -hmm. site. They say, is the U.S. economy downshifting? What does that mean for the average person? There are more and more stories about. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So uh, increasingly, I guess there's part of it's inflation. And I think inflation is when, you know, the value of goods is higher. Mm. So things cost more. And so inflation is at 7%, according to this article. Mm. And uh, that was that was a month ago. So 7%. But I, I, on social media, which we just talked about recently, mm -hmm. a lot of people are saying it feels like because, you know, it feels like more things are more expensive than that. And it feels like 7% is not accurate. I don't think that's necessarily true. I don't know if maybe mm. the way that economists value things are different than people, but a lot of, I know from my mom, things are more expensive at the grocery store. Mm. And my brother, he does construction and he said a sheet of plywood used to cost about uh, $18 for a sheet of mm -hmm. plywood. Now the same sheet of plywood costs like $40. Whoa. And there was a, there was a moment where it was over a hundred dollars for a sheet of plywood, but then it can't manage to come back down to something like double. So that's mm. like a 100 100% inflation in that case. Mm -hmm. So I guess that means a lot of construction projects will be more expensive, mm -hmm. building your own furniture or like furnishing stores, mm -hmm. which is going to have a knock on effect. So like there'll be more demand for like bookshelves be, and bookshelves will be in the short supply and then those things will become more expensive, mm -hmm. I guess, I guess. And also um, just things moving with more difficulty internationally. Mm -hmm. right? It's mm -hmm. harder to get raw material mm -hmm. if you had to import that piece of wood. Mm. Or like a whole tree or something, you know, mm. just log from other countries. Like China used to import a lot from Australia. Uh -huh. um, but now I think we're looking for other <laughs> providers because, you know, other reasons. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's say if U.S. Uh, imports from other countries, then it's just uh, it's more expensive mm. right? To for shipping um, and raw materials. Uh, I think there is like a surge in prices for a lot of the raw materials. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And also I just looked up a uh, downshift <laughs> downshifting yeah. this word. Um first of all it means to change to a lower gear in a vehicle. Yeah. Uh second it means to change or to change to a job or style of life. Mm. 
where you may earn less, but which puts less pressure on you and involves less stress. Woohoo! So I actually made my first major downshift or downshifting move when I got out of Wall Street. <laughs> that was a major downshifting. Like I actually, when I left, I didn't even have a job. But I, I had like I just had enough of that place. I don't mind the place. It's, it's what exactly like, did you do? Were you like cold calling people and selling stocks? Oh, what no, kind no, of no. things were you? Uh, yeah. No, <laughs> so it wasn't like boiler that was room. Even in the worse. Movie. That would be even worse for me. <laughs> I was doing risk management for like a consulting firm. Mm. So our clients were banks. Wow. I don't really remember anything useful <laughs> from the time that I worked there, but I. That's basically what we did. So mm. it's like just numbers. Uh, we would crunch numbers all day. Mm, mm. Um, it was it was wow. so not fun, and it was a lot of pressure. So that's what I did. So you must be good at math. I was okay, but not superb. Like once things got to, um, I think junior year in college, when we started like studying matrices. That's when you just totally lost me. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what they're talking about. Why they're talking about this? Um, but I mean, it, it was very challenging and very stressful and I didn't really see the point of all that. So Mm-mm. that was my downshift move, downshifting move. Well, maybe yeah. you can cast some with your, your expertise, you can cast some light on this. So it seems like wages have increased like 3.9 or 4% over the last year, but inflation is increasing at 7%. Mm. Does that mean that people are making less money than the value of the economy? Does that mean people are actually less well off? Maybe on average, Mm. uh, it has to be like, you know, in particular cases, for example, people working in real estate, people selling houses, they've been making a killing for many of them, Mm -hmm. right? Because housing prices, people, when it comes to real estate, people buy when prices are going up. Mm. Um, Unlike a lot of other commodities, when you buy when things are cheaper, um, because it's driven by fear, right? Mm. Um, you feel like, oh, it's uh, it's in an upward trend, so I better get it now. And that just pushes the prices even higher and higher. Mm. So if you are in that, you've been make you probably been making a lot of money. Mm. But you many people have lost jobs, right? Be, mm-hmm. you know, in the pandemic. So it really depends. I think the the official figures is, you know, like a national um uh, average. It's uh, not about particular cases. But I have to say that um, I've seen a lot of videos in the past year, actually a year or two, about um, like consumer prices in the U.S. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. made by you know Chinese living in America, mm-hmm. um, because uh, at least for us, you know, um, you know, I lived there for many years. Mm-hmm. Things were pretty cheap. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've always lived in the states, you don't feel it mm-hmm. because. That's the normal prices for you, right? <laughs> you can get like a full gallon, a full jug of milk, a gallon for like, what, $2 mm. or $3. I mean, you can buy the nice ones, like organic ones for like $6 or <laughs> even more. <laughs> That's the prices when I was there. That's like cheap. That's like really, really, really cheap <laughs> yeah. compared to um, the prices in, you know, most of uh, other developed countries <laughs> in the world. Um, like when I went traveling in australia america's got cows yeah australia (laughs) not just milk but everything was pricey Mm -hmm. and uh, when you go to europe or like or japan like prices are so much higher than from the i imagine that Mm -hmm. japan a lot of food is expensive because they don't have a lot of like flat 
like mm-hmm. farmland. You yeah. Know? And I, it's like a mountainous island. And yeah, full of like volcanoes and all Islands. that. And also, I mean, there are a couple of reasons. Um, first of all, they don't have a lot of, you know, like the state. Mm-hmm. Things are mm-hmm. spread out. You can grow anything. Yeah. Um, but also it's cultural. Like they don't like wasting things. And they have such high standards for everything. Mm-hmm. Like if you taste their vegetables, they're like all organic vegetables. Mm. But they sell them by like, you know, like you will have a bag of three tiny tomatoes. Mm-hmm. And when I shop in their supermarkets, when they sell like um, asparagus, mm-hmm. they come in these packages of like three stocks. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can you imagine like the bigger bags were like five. Mm. Wow. <laughs> Bulk. And, <laughs> yeah, like economy size for family for the big family or something. Um, so it's like a whole different concept of um a whole different value of food. I think for um for a lot of Americans, if they're uh, like going to Japan for the first time, they would be pretty shocked by like how small the portions are mm. and how expensive the prices are. Mm. And I, but I think for for Americans who have not left the country to live other places, mm-hmm. they don't appreciate how thing how cheap things actually are, mm. especially like you know food and everything. You know my experience of Japan. I mean, I, you say that, but because I'm like in the average American, and like my math, you talk about matrixes. I can only think of the movie. So when I was in Japan, we I had this <laughs> other money, and so for me it was like you know okay soup costs this much. Okay, I don't know what that is because converting in my head oh. for every time I purchase. Just was it was too work. hard. So like I would just like, oh, this is what it costs. That's what it costs then. Like, and I had really no idea like what I was spending. Lucky for you, in Japan, prices have been pretty stable. Like I went there uh in 2003, I think. And I went there again two years ago. Mm. The prices were pretty mm-hmm. much the same. Like they have wow. been really stable. I mean, it's good or bad. It's it's I think in general, it's good for the economy to have like a little bit of inflation mm. over time, mm. not a lot. Um, and it's not good to have huge inflation and it's not good to have deflation yeah. the other way. Mm. You know, you feel yeah, like yeah, things yeah, are cheaper, yeah. but it's actually not healthy. So, but anyhow, that's getting out of our topic. So like one or two percent inflation is like good and like seven percent is bad. It's yeah, it's well, uh, because it's happening mm, so mm. fast for people don't get used to it. Minimum wage has not really gone up in like decades, really. It's it's just incrementally and it's it's not keeping up with, you know, inflation at only one or two percent. So when it hits seven percent, I know a lot of people were already struggling in America. Homelessness is Mm. at an all time high. And like people can see that because even the news is beginning to have to cover Mm. the reality that there's way more homeless people living in a lot of major city centers around around the country. And people there was some help during the pandemic to not allow people who well, I guess it's helped for some it was there was help mm-hmm. to not allow landlords to uh expel their mm-hmm. tenants during for a certain period of time but that has passed mm-hmm. and now people are back out on the streets that can't afford to pay their rent and mm-hmm. i think people are generally feeling squeezed like we can talk about what the economics of it is a lot but i think most people don't understand that including me mm-hmm. we don't really get like all of the numbers and figures and all of this terminology that we'd have to learn to like 
filter through it. But people feel mm. the pressure of the economy. People feel that they're not working, that they're not making enough money from working, and that their bills are very high, mm. and that the banks are squeezing them. I mean, look at, okay, if you put money mm. into the bank and you have enough money to make interest, you make what? A one or two percent. That's it. That's all you can make. It's pretty much nothing. Yeah. People's credit cards, if they have a good interest rate, they're paying five or six or seven percent. And most people are paying something like 15 or 16 or 17 percent. Mm. The interest rates on student loans can be as high as six or seven percent. Mm. So like people can't make mon as much money as banks and the system mm. takes from them on top of the fact that a lot of people are in low income jobs. Mm. So maybe the average or the median for income may be high, like 60 $9,000 a year, but most people don't make that by and mm. large. The vast majority of people are way under that because some people are making billions of dollars and right. offsetting that big figure a lot. Mm. I, mean, it, I read a series of articles recently have been in the news about how older Americans, especially when they have enough money, are just leaving America. No, I don't think this is more than half. I don't, I don't there's just a minority of people. Mm. The reason I think it's interesting is because America has a self image, you know, that the people think, mm. oh, people come to America for affluence. People come to America. We are the destination. <laughs> right. We're the, where people yeah. come here for the dream. People come here to make it. Mm. People come here because they can have a good life. But the reality is increasingly very educated older Americans are leaving America. Let me read a couple of these titles for you. Sure. This is also sure. from CNBC. It is uh, the title is 66 year old retiree who left U.S. for Mexico. Here's what you can buy for five dollars or less. Mm. So this is a man that moved uh, to Mexico and he's been living there for 15 years and he lives on $420 a month for his rent. Mm -hmm. So like rent in America is a thousand or $2,000. This guy's living his dream life mm. as a retiree somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And so I think that this breaks down that. So this is just one guy. So let's move on. Mm -hmm. And this is another CNBC article, Money. This is about seven different people. It's called These Seven Expats Left the U.S. to Start Over. Here's how they earn an income overseas. So you and I, we're all, you know, we were talking about people doing remote work. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, you can do remote work from That's another true. country. Yeah, you can be mm -hmm. living in Thailand or Vietnam or Mexico or wherever. Mm -hmm. And you can actually still be working remotely, but your rent can be cut down to like 15 or 20 percent of what it was. Mm -hmm. Things will be a lot cheaper. Uh, here's another one. CNBC, a 35 year old expat lives in Croatia. I've heard actually Croatia is very lovely. Mm -hmm. I've never been there, mm -hmm. but he lives on $47 a day average. And here's how he spends his time, says the article. So there's all these people increasingly. $47 a day, roughly $50 a day. So like $1,500. That's actually amazing. I, I would say probably pretty decent mm -hmm. lifestyle, um, you know, outside of US. Yeah, I can I can speak from experience too here in China. Uh, my rent is 2,600 RMB, which is what I guess $400. Divide that yeah, it's like four hundred dollars or something. Four. Yeah, yeah, roughly. You're the math person. I'm gonna leave yeah. it to you. But you know, I pay very, very little. I live in a three bedroom home with two balconies on the 17th floor, overlooking a swimming pool. Nice. That my, that's part of my neighborhood. You know, like I live a very good life here in China. I make about mm. the same here in China as a school teacher as I would have back home. Mm -hmm. The difference is mm -hmm. I save a ton of money because I don't. The that's expenditures true. are really low, so I don't want to make this all about me. Yeah. But I think the I, it's really interesting as an American. American looking at this, you know, America is increasingly not the destination. Increasingly, the de that is. 
is now it's a very new idea. Yeah, now people are like in America trying to get out. Like it's really interesting. Yeah. Very strange. I actually, you know, um, I saw this article because I have never thought about this reverse immigration. Migration. Yeah. Migration. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's always people going to the States. Right. Mm. And like Americans seem pretty happy where they are and they will travel, right? Travel a bit. But um, I haven't heard a lot of stories about Americans living abroad, except, mm. you know, expats here in China. Mm. But I think now it, there's a little bit of a trend here. I saw there's this website like International Living mm. and they mm. say that the search on their website, maybe for the past year or so, the search uh, search for how to move out of the U.S. Mm. went up by like something like 1700,000 percent what so like a 16 fold wow it sounds like a lot maybe part of it i didn't expect it to be that much yeah but it was just that website you know it was um the website is Mm -hmm. all about international living and it seems like a lot of people are finding um ways and options to see where they can go Mm. and i don't know if you looked uh into this but there are some like you know countries that are um very popular for Americans wanting to move out. Um, first, of course, is Canada. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there are uh, Mexico, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people mm-hmm. there because it's a little closer. And another one on the list. And warm. Yeah, and the beach. Uh, Americans crazy about the beach. <laughs> like, I love the beach too, yeah. Yeah, I'm mean, like, ah, I'll spend a little time on the beach, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> and also, uh, did you expect Ecuador to be on top of the no, list? I mean, I don't know much about Ecuador, but I'm... I, I didn't expect it. No one ever expects yeah, Ecuador. <laughs> I I went for, you know, a couple websites and it's actually on top of mm, their list. Mm, wow. So and also, of course, you know, parts of Asia mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and Europe. Mm-hmm. And it's just uh, an interesting thought. A lot of people never thought of, you know, people are actually looking to move out of the U.S. and finding other options. Mm. And I think it's a good thing, um, not just that it might make a difference for these individuals, um, you know, searching for a better life, right? Just like when people move to the U.S. to search for a better life. Mm. Um, also, I, I like the idea of America becoming mm. more open-minded. What I mean Yeah, is, I like that too. If they live all over the world, maybe they learn more about the world. Exactly, because... You know, America has been such, you know, as they say, top of the hill, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. It's like it's at the top. And when you stay at the top for a long period of time, you lose touch mm-hmm, with mm-hmm. the rest of the globe. Mm. And you think that you've attained, you've obtained the best possible uh, situation, the option. And then after a while, you just forget to look, you know, learn about other ways of living. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then you become a little bit secluded. So it's it's good to, to get out. I mean, you're right, 100%. And the fact that America wields so much power, and yet I know as an American, having lived in small towns in America, mm-hmm. that a lot of people don't know anything about the rest of the world. They just know what they're told by mainstream media. Uh, so it, 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 like you're saying, these people are moving out. They're getting this open-minded perspective. Maybe some of that can siphon back in mm-hmm. to their family members and friends back home. Right. And maybe America will have a more balanced and understanding of some of these other places that it often, you know, pokes its finger into. And also, I think um, I don't want to offend anybody by saying these, Mm -hmm. but I, at least in the past, from my experiences, I felt this disinterest, you know, when I was living there, I felt this Mm -hmm. disinterest of what's outside of the U.S. Mm -hmm. while Mm -hmm. I was living in the U.S. Mm -hmm. Um, But when you are, let's say, living in China, Mm -hmm. especially for the past few decades, Mm -hmm. there is such strong interest uh, in what's going on mm, mm. right outside China mm. and the rest of the world, especially other developed countries. What have they been doing? Mm-hmm. You know, their thoughts and 
um, their philosophy and their ways of living is their strong urge to learn from the rest mm -hmm. of the world. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't get that as much of that sense when I was living in the States. You know, people are happy mm -hmm. where they were. They're mm -hmm. living their lives. Mm -hmm. Um, but I mean, it, it's not really a good thing to stop learning, mm -hmm. you know, um, other people make progress and you want to know what they've been doing, they have been doing mm -hmm. uh, so that they can make the progress. And so it should be two way, right? Mm -hmm. And it's also for, um, cultural understanding, mm -hmm. you understand mm -hmm. how other people live. So I think it's a, maybe mm -hmm. this is a good trend. I have one more article I'd like to share, and this is a little bit more pertinent to you. This mm. is from the Global Times, and I've read several other articles like it, so it's just representative. Uh, it's called, or the title is, Nearly 90% of all Chinese students return home after studying abroad. So Ooh. instead of spending a couple more years working, mm. people are just turning around and coming straight back. Mm. And I think that's really interesting <laughs> because a lot of American, <laughs> yeah, a lot of Americans think, oh, wow, Chinese people, they come here at, to America and then they never want to leave. And that's just not true. Mm. Like that, firstly, 90%, this this is when they finish school. Then I guess, again, there are like other percentages later that after they get a couple of years experience working, they are also returning back to China because China is now like what? What was it? 8.1% growth for 2021. So the GDP growth. In, right. yeah. yeah. And that was already after it had increased by like 21% because, of you know, it was reversing the, the effects of the pandemic from the year before. Right. So China is year mm. on year like in that no one would have expected this a few years ago. They were thinking. Oh, we're going to downshift mm. to like 5.6% interest down from six. But that's not what happened. What ended up happening is chi the Chinese economy is growing faster than anyone could have anticipated. Yeah. Chinese people are like, oh, if I want to make good money, if I want to have a good career, China's where I should be going. Mm. China's the new land of opportunity. Mm. And also, uh, but I, I'm still pretty shocked to hear that over 90% of students from China who study in the U.S. come back. But I mean, I, I think it's credible. Mm. It's a different generation now. It's a, it's a completely different generation mm. from, let's say, my mother's generation, right? Like people of my mom's age who mm -hmm. immigrated to the, the States, they left in what, like the 90s, the 80s, and maybe later than that, a little bit later than that. And the sceneries at that time were very different, right? Economy-wise. Nowadays, I have to say, um, the kids growing up, like say, they go study abroad when they're like 18, mm -hmm. 19, 20, or like, you know, early 20s. Um, they've lived very good lives mm -hmm. here in mm -hmm. China. And they don't really see a economic like standard, differences in economic standards between the U.S. and the States. Especially if they're mm -hmm, from mm -hmm. like major cities like Beijing and China, maybe they even downgrade mm -hmm, a little mm -hmm. bit. <laughs> you know? I love and an argument with between someone from Beijing and someone from Shanghai. I always mm -hmm. think, oh, yeah, Beijing is way better. But actually, the truth is Shanghai is amazing. It is beautiful. <laughs> like yeah. I, I try to always defend Beijing, Beijing instead of Shanghai. But like Shanghai is very, really quite well, Beijing, lovely. you get emotionally attached to it. You know, mm, it, it mm. has its own sense of presence, right? Yeah. Um, but Shanghai is just, uh, I guess, shiny, right? 
and exciting. Yeah, it's very, very, it's very much like you would expect, I don't know, like London or New York. Yeah, or it's like, like New York City. It's just really big, beautiful, futuristic cities where everyone's wearing like posh clothing and like shiny shoes and like their <laughs> BMWs and Mercedes everywhere. You do need more money, though, if you want to mm, like yeah. live a decent, decent life in, in Shanghai. You do need more money. Mm. In Beijing is, mm. I mean, money helps, <laughs> but not as obvious. No, actually, but yeah. it's interesting. Beijing, you know, people, I think there's more wealth in Beijing. I don't actually don't know the statistics, but I do know this statistic. As of like a year and a half ago, Beijing has more billionaires than New York City. In fact, has the most amount of billionaires of anywhere in the entire world. Mm. So I don't know, like the average Beijinger like seems to just wear like a big puffy coat in this in the winter. <laughs> and so it gets made fun of for because it's not as fashionable mm. as, as Shanghai. But you, you have to remember, Beijing gets like minus 20 yeah, degrees. Like, <laughs> fashion is you're not thinking fashion. Your you're fashion thinking here. survive. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Chinese folks, like um, thinking about the affluence of China, like you point out really accurately that if you live in Beijing or Shanghai, what, and if you go to America, you're going to look around and say, well, what's the big deal? But like, it's <laughs> actually true of everywhere now. You know, I, I've been to Qingdao recently and I've mm. been I'm, in, I'm living here in Wuhan and I'm looking around. Wuhan is only 13 million people. It just got considered to be sec for it actually the government can now considers it first tier i don't know what the tier how they rank that mm -hmm. but like when i go around like even my wife's hometown of yantai a few years ago got this super mall and like it's all m way more advanced and mm. every city has these high-speed trains and like subway systems and like you have all this really high tech you can get food delivered to your home uh, we've talked right. about all all this stuff many times many episodes china is so more developed in a lot of ways than america we're not just talking about shanghai or chongqing or Shenzhen, like the big cities, like every city, even second and third tier cities mm. are super advanced, super modern. They have great hospitals. They have great schools. They have great roads. The people are driving nice cars. They're wearing nice clothes. Like you go to America and you're like, yeah, from anywhere. You're like, well, I don't see that it's that fantastic. <laughs> the universities are sure yeah, they are really mm. good. And so, yeah, let's go study. And now it's time to go back to where it's actually kind of more modern now. And in I China. think the bigger draw besides the you know standards of standards of living and family ties is that it's simply more exciting here in China mm. now if you are looking for somewhere calm there are people who they just they they don't want so much social contact mm. or they want someone with more places of natural scenery mm. like more uh, parks or less people right mm. then I think maybe they prefer, to stay in a lot of the places in in the U.S., mm. maybe some maybe small not in town. cities. Yeah, yeah, but for the younger generation, like they want excitement, and not everybody mm. gets to mm. stay in New York, right? Mm. So I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to come back to Beijing. And I'm not even like a very social person, <laughs> but mm -hmm. I'm not a really social person. But I like to live uh, at places where you do see people, you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I do too, actually. I, I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. It's like, when I go visit my mom, mm -hmm. I love I love her to death. And I actually think her her hometown is really mm -hmm. cute. It's called o Oakdale. Mm -hmm. It's also, I feel alone. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm walking down the street and there's no one on the street. Mm -hmm. You know, No one. I mean, there are cars going by, no but like one. there's no one walking <laughs> around. There's nowhere to 
go. There's no like focal point. Right. You know, like when you're in, in any one of these Chinese cities, there's like multiple different neighborhoods. When you're walking around, there's like dozens or hundreds of other people all like walking around smiling with their friends and family, having a good mm. time. And you're like, you're right. It's very exciting. I want to add one more thing. Sure. That's a fear, mm. fear of criminality. Oh. Like, mm. you know, I was reading the statistics on several different websites a couple mm. days ago. And in some categories of like, you know, violent criminality, America is like 11 times worse than China. Mm. In gun violence, it's hundreds of times because there's just no guns. But like, you know, <laughs> being robbed on the street, it's like three times more being attacked. It's like seven times more. Like when you're in China, like it's re you get this feeling of just calmness from the fact that you don't ever feel in danger. Mm. When I'm in America, you know, I don't always feel like I'm in danger, mm -hmm. but like if I'm in a, sometimes the night mm. or in some parts of the city, I feel uncomfortable mm. and I have been robbed at gunpoint. I've had cars stolen from me. I've had, you know, other cars broken into yeah. and America is a, is a dangerous place. Oh, it is. And so, That's not you know, like, I don't, <laughs> No, America's got very nice things. It's got right. a lot of very nice, rich national parks. And, you know, mm. I'm not trying to dog on America. You have to look at the reality of the situation. People are not as well off as they once were. Mm. And now I, that's contributing to an increase in violent criminality. That's true. That's definitely true. See, when you mention, um, you know, safety and criminality, well, what's the word? Like crimes and stuff. Yes. That's not really <laughs> something like I, I think about. Mm. <laughs> like, I just don't really think <laughs> about things like this because I guess the occasions don't present themselves. When you were living in New York, you didn't worry about crime? Well, I was so uh, stressed out from work <laughs> that I don't think I worried about crime. Just like, take I my wallet. More immediate. <laughs> I'm too busy. <laughs> and also... <laughs> that's very funny um but i was actually you know i was stuck in office most of the time mm. and by the time i got out mm. you know you go straight mm. into the subway mm. and it, i was so down and depressed Aww. that <laughs> like I, I didn't really think of it and i was um i mean there were places that i was told i should just not go to mm. right mm. um so i didn't really venture into those places but otherwise mm. um i've seen some things but i tried to stay away mm. so but i think maybe things have gotten a little bit crazier mm. over the past uh, 10 years that i haven't been there especially the past two years mm. i mean it has a lot to do with the economy at all mm. but i felt pretty safe when i was living in the states mm. but maybe i was just naive I i'm not too sure but here, I, I do feel very safe. Yeah, You know, I was in San Francisco one time and this wasn't like really terrible. I guess it maybe was for this lady, but I was walking, you know, they said don't go to some neighborhoods, but I was in a really nice neighborhood. You know, I was hmm. near Union Square. Union Square is like the shopping center heart of, of San Francisco where there's this huge pillar with like a, a goddess or something on the top of it. Hmm. And on every side of it, there are all these really expensive shops and hmm. stuff. Banana Republic kind of shops and mm -hmm. all these big brands. I, I saw this lady like some young man, I guess he he looked about 20. He took her purse and he's running down the street and she's like, someone stop him. And you, everyone's reaction. I was across the street, so mm. I'm not kind of like free from having to jump over there. <laughs> but like everyone's reaction was to get out of his way what? so that when he was running away with her purse that he could run uh. and they wouldn't get in his way. I think their feeling was, mm. I don't want to get hurt. Maybe he has a weapon. I don't know what's going on. So they just kind of all stepped out of his way mm -hmm. and literally made a corridor for him to 
run away. Wow. Not like in the movies where some guy like valiantly chases him down. No one did that. Mm -hmm. But that's not my point. My point is like, you know, it's not even like the neighborhood you go to. Like Mm -hmm. some of the safe in quotation neighborhoods are where like the most that criminals have the most to gain from going there. I just want to add that here. There's not like as much to steal because people don't carry like I don't carry a wallet. I haven't. I haven't touched my wallet for like years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the phone? Yeah, you just use your phone for everything. And you can't crack that anymore because you have fingerprints. And also because people use their phone so incessantly, mm. right? Like you're we're always looking at our cell phones. So it's a bit hard to steal. Mm. It's not like mm. it's in your pocket, mm. you know, for like hours mm. and like it's not it's in your hand and this yeah. is harder to steal. I mean, I almost quote unquote feel bad for like thieves and uh, pickpockets because they don't have money to steal. Wow. Right. And cell phones, people guard them. So (laughs) I feel bad for criminals. That's great. They're they're, quote unquote. There's just no opportunities. And people here, it's, I don't think it's a great jewelry wearing country in general. Mm, like mm, people don't really right. flaunt yeah. their wealth that way. <laughs> well, there's this phrase by, I think it's a Lao Tzu in a Tao Te Ching where he says that if you need to keep the jade under your, your, your clothes. So people don't see it. So like, yeah, exactly. So I know a lot of people who do wear jade. They wear like jade necklaces and stuff mm-hmm. that, you know, that's not that expensive. They're only a few thousand RMB or whatever, mm. but actually they wear them under their sweater or their shirt so you there it's not outsides for people to see that you're wearing this piece of jewelry it's actually hidden away, hidden away. Kind of. and also um like diamond rings yeah, yeah. in the states and married women most of them right would wear a wedding ring mm. and also a diamond ring an engagement yeah ring. yeah uh, but here you don't mm. really see a lot of people wearing uh diamond rings yeah. But at work, yeah. I found out that most of my married co-workers, uh, the ladies, they do have diamond rings. Yeah. Like they got one when they get engaged. They just don't wear yeah, it. Yeah, my wife has the same thing. I got, got her a diamond mm. ring and she has it locked away in a safe. <laughs> she never wears it. Never. Never. Well, never. And also it's because I, I think it's just uncomfortable. Mm. Maybe you do get used to it. Um, but you know, there's the fear of losing it. Mm. And I think there's a mentality of saving things that are valuable. Mm. And that mentality is a little bit stronger here in China. Mm. And I think that ties into maybe we can bring this back to our help with this. We can bring it back to our Mm -hmm, topic. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, because uh, like with inflation and economy downshifting, Mm -hmm. what makes things worse is if you don't have enough savings. Yeah. Right. And one difference, cultural difference, is that people in China, maybe not the younger generation, mm-hmm, but at least mm-hmm. let's say my mom's generation, mm-hmm. they grew up, you know, with the mentality that you you need to save. Yeah. Being frugal is good and saving is good. Mm. But I think the younger generation um, here in China, of course, they, you know, they're taught to consume, mm. right? Mm. Um, yeah, yeah. Make Things sure are that changing. Money is yeah. flowing. Things are changing, but not as uh, we're not there yet like all the way yeah. uh, to the degree like say in the u.s yeah. in the u.s i think it's not just the younger generation maybe even the older generation don't save as much mm. um mm. i don't know like you can tell us about your family like saving habits do, is it like part of the uh, mentality to make sure that you save something mm. 
it is for me like you know i have three brothers where all of us are completely different but you know looking see there's a big mm. debate in america amongst people the haves and have nots and oftentimes people in this debate argue about they, this is the cliche from a couple years ago like uh, avocado toast so there's this accusation by people who are better off mm. that the people who are worse off are spending their money frivolously mm. and the and the people who are worse off are saying no we can't save we have to spend our paycheck paycheck to paycheck to survive and so like mm. you end up with a lot the wealthier class the wealthier people people who do have saving thinking and having this discourse within their own class and circle that people who are less well off are just not good at saving their money and people who are less well off thinking that those people are out of touch and don't understand their situation. Actually, I, I haven't lived in America, mm -hmm. you know, existed in their economy for the last 10 years. So it's hard for me to weigh in. In terms of my family and their saving habits, mm -hmm. um, my mom and dad were always good at saving and investing in things like real estate and stuff mm -hmm. like that. For me personally, I, I do save money and, you know, I serve things and I actually have a lot of collectibles that if I sold them, I, I was actually mm -hmm. I have some Bo Jackson baseball cards i was looking at their value yesterday some of them worth a few thousand dollars a piece now so really yeah i was actually kind of surprised i hadn't thought about it in years and then i saw an article pop mm -hmm. up in my news feed and i was like oh yeah how much is that and i was like what i just have this in a box <laughs> and i could sell that for a thousand dollars or two thousand dollars are you gonna sell them nah, i'll probably hang on to them mm -hmm. and then sell them when i'm an old man and when i like want to vacation to thailand or something i'll just be like oh, sell two of these cards and now i'm gone vacation yay beach see beaches again i love beaches but you know i think That's a nice thought in america i think it is we keep as a as people around the world reading that americans don't have enough money more than half of americans if they needed a thousand dollars because of an emergency mm. wouldn't be able to raise that thousand dollars to meet that emergency mm. i you know that's shocking that's not that much money what mm. is that six thousand 400 RMB yeah. something like that yeah mm. that's that's a very small amount of money but they if so if they had some kind of emergency where they need they they would have to like borrow it from their cousin or like mm. put it on their credit card or something and then they'd be in a worse off position so it just seems to be this down for a huge por portion of the population mm -hmm. they keep get things get worse and worse and because things are bad all these other enterprises like credit cards and banks take advantage of them and it gets worse because of that it, so yeah. you just have this spiraling effect where these people the system just takes advantage of the weakest members of society it's just it gets harder to to get out yeah and I, maybe i think because a lot of americans let's say the average americans have been living in safety mm. and comfort mm. for mm. so long that they didn't expect anything like say mm. the pandemic mm. yeah right would happen and they didn't expect that maybe one day yeah. uh, i could lose my job and or you know prices could go up by so much but we were taught that mentality you know by our grandparents mm. and our parents mm -hmm. we we don't do it as well as they do um by far <laughs> but still at least we grew up hearing people you know telling us that to save is a virtue and to not waste uh to conserve is is a virtue so we think of them as a good thing um, and, and that helps, you know, especially mm, mm. Um, and it helps to have a cushion. Yeah. And I think it gives you the sense of safety. 
Um, and also here in China, there's these, uh, there's strong family network. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and it's not mm-hmm, just a Chinese mm-hmm. thing. I think it's probably Asian because mm-hmm, I've heard mm-hmm. other, um, like yeah. say Korean families, um, they will have their own little pool of uh, mm-hmm. money. Um, let's say they each year they put in a few thousand dollars each family. Yeah. And it's like, you know, the money sits there in the bank. Mm-hmm. And if some this year, this family's daughter gets married. Mm-hmm. And then she gets to use that, like kind of like take it out as a loan mm. um, or, you know, that year the other kid goes to college mm-hmm. and they can mm-hmm. use that as a loan, like a, you know, family circle loan instead mm. of getting it from a bank. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't know if there's, you know, as much of such things in the in the in the U.S. This is to sidetrack us. So you please bring us back on track. You seem to be really good at that today. But, um, <laughs> you know, Confucius, he had this value called filial piety, which is about mm. respecting your parents. But it's not right. just about respecting your parents. It's about keeping the family strong, mm. having a strong family. And Confucian values are very strong in South Korea and Japan mm. and other places on, on the perimeter of China and Southeast Asia, too. So I think it's not just that, you know, it's a Chinese value, but Confucian values mm. seem to be celebrated everywhere that they've diffused. Mm-hmm. So the things you're talking about, like taking care of the family. I think that Confucius played a huge role in this whole part of the world. Definitely. And also um, when it comes to filial piety, Mm. uh, there's another um, layer to it. Mm. Uh, I mean, there are probably multiple layers, but this is something I want to mention is that, you know, he wanted to Mm -hmm. teach people Mm -hmm. to to be able to love other people, Mm. right? Um, The greater love. And where does that greater love start? Mm. It gets to, it gets to start from somewhere, mm. right? You plant the seed somewhere, and there's nowhere else, n- no better choice mm. than planting the seed in the family. So as kids, you learn to mm. respect mm-hmm. your elders, mm-hmm. right? You learn to love your family members, and that teaches you how to love and how to be, you know, loved and loved back. Mm-hmm. And then when you grow up and you merge into the greater society. You can multiply that. You yeah. can grow that yeah. love. But the, that seed has to be planted somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're so far away from, you know, where we started. I don't even know how to get back. <laughs> but I, I want to say I'm very interested. People are great at saving in Asia and America. Not so much. And that's part of the economic downturn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but maybe facing so much changes mm. going on around the world. I mean, China is going through changes, yeah. right? Yeah. And the younger generation and at such fast speed yeah. that people need to get used to it. You can't really use the mentality from a um, couple decades ago. Yeah. Um, you know, for for survival skills nowadays. And I think U.S. is going through similar things and it probably it's going to last for a while, mm. right? On the global scale, um, the entire world order is, uh, has actually has been shifting. It's just people might not have noticed. Mm. Um, so that's huge changes. And of course, uh, the national economy and local economy, they're all changing. Mm-hmm. And all, all of this is uh, exactly, exaggerated or you know speed going faster mm-hmm, because mm-hmm, of mm-hmm. the pandemic so i think um you know americans a lot of americans have been living in comfort and safety and stability for decades now mm-hmm. and all this is happening it's a little challenging but i think we need to face the reality mm. and then you know you face the reality accept the reality and then that helps you better plan out what you can do in the future mm. but if you think you can live 
um, the way your parents did, mm-hmm. um, you know, be able to afford a house in your early, I don't know what, 30s. Oh, I think I think the idea is that a lot of parents, our parents generation, like the boomer generation, they were buying houses and getting mortgages in their 20s. That's yeah, earlier. But it's hard for uh, young people these days to realize that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, it, it's a reality reality. And to know that there are changes um, that are, you know, that's not going to go away and they're, it's going to evolve. And then we better change our mentality accordingly. Mm. Um, and the inflation comes to be part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. imagine, mm-hmm. Um, like I lived there for what, like 10, over 10 years mm. and prices didn't really go up mm. all that much mm-hmm. while I was there. Yeah. So you kind of have the idea that prices don't really change. Yeah, I had that um, feeling when I was li- growing up there into my 30s. I was think uh, my whole life was like, you know, mm-hmm. things are relatively the same Stable. cost over my lifetime. There was some change, but it was so incremental that you didn't really notice it mm-hmm. at all. Um, but, you know, when I came back to China, um, you see the prices going up a little faster, especially housing prices, because things were mm-hmm. a lot more dynamic. So I guess mm. we got used to it. <laughs> you know, your <laughs> salaries go up and prices go up. Um, sometimes one is faster than the other. Um, but you get the sense that things are, you know, in in the move, right? Things are evolving, changing. Mm. Um, but maybe this inflation come as more of a shock for a lot of the Americans who were not used to that. keep mentioning the pandemic but there's the pandemic the fact that you know people lost a couple years of work Mm. on top of the fact that you have inflation now on top of the fact that people were losing their homes so i mean if you don't have okay so if you're homeless in america that makes Mm. it really difficult to get a job obviously firstly number one Mm -hmm. your hygiene is not as good as it could be (laughs) you you know might not have access to the same wardrobe that you once have you may have lost a lot of that Mm. you don't have an address to put down on an application Mm. so when you go in to try to get a job at even some place like you know the bottom mcdonald's or something like you can't just put an address down for where you live because you don't have an address so like when things get disproportionately out of control Mm -hmm. for you then it's hard to come back it gets harder and harder and harder to climb your way back up that's true um and one difference here in China is that, you know, you will go live with a relative. Yeah, exactly. Of course, yeah. you will go live with your parents first. That's like the natural mm, option. Mm, mm. I don't even people, I don't think people even think twice about it. Yeah. But maybe that's a harder decision for a lot of um, Americans because they're just, when they are an adult, they're out, they're out. You know, you go visit a few times I think a there year. is a trend now. Yeah. There's a there's a trend now to yeah you know it used to be oh ha 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 you live in your mo- mom's house now it's like yeah of course I live in my mom's house look at the economy <laughs> you want to pay for my rent <laughs> so many people statistically many more people are living with their family now than before you know I coming from a Chinese I don't it might not be a bad thing yeah. it could be an opportunity mm. for families to reconnect yeah and also just you know it might, it might get a little annoying <laughs> to live with your parents if your rent stops imagine how much more you're going to be able to save so if you have a job hundreds of yeah. thousands of dollars if you, if you well yeah. i don't know about hundreds of thousands but if you work at a job where you make minimum wage you're not going to be able to save hundreds of thousands but you're certainly going to be able to save more by living with your parents yeah i, I think you know that's just like common sense for chinese people <laughs> i don't know maybe it's harder 
harder for a lot of um, Americans who are used to their own independence, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. I am looking at this article about Americans moving abroad and some of the choices uh, in ni- in 2015, well, this is, a, you know, it's been a few years, but in 2015, the most popular countries for expats of all nations to move to, including Americans, uh, number one is Ecuador, mm, wow. number two, Mexico, hmm. number three, Malta, Malta, number four, Singapore. I'm surprised. Yeah. And then Luxembourg, New Zealand, Thailand, Panama, Canada, Australia, Ecuador. and more are moving out of the United States. Some say 4 million in 2020. Some say 10 million. Wow. But, you know, maybe they don't know the exact numbers. If it's 10 million, that's like 3% of the entire country. That's amazing. Maybe that's, I don't know. It depends on where you get your data. Uh, It could be rather different. Mm. And then people, some people are moving Mm. out of the U.S. for tax reasons. You know, if you have a lot of money, Mm, 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 there are places mm, mm. where you don't have to pay as much tax like Luxembourg and Qatar, Romania. (laughs) I don't think that applies to me. (laughs) Nah, not really. (laughs) See, this is the freedom of uh, not having a lot of assets. You don't have to think about how to manage them. Mm. (laughs) Imagine people who have like billions of dollars. Every day they wake up, they'll have to think, oh, you know, how shall I invest my money? Mm. If I don't invest them, I'm losing money. Yeah. Um, we're not losing much by, you know, by not doing anything, Jason. We're <laughs> well, I, actually, I, I have a lot of savings. Like we mentioned, I put mine in CDs, you know, just because like, in China? I'm not good. Yeah. in Chinese banks, I just mm. put it in there and like, oh, here's your, you're going to get this much percent. Mm-hmm. Then I don't have to think about that money until like whenever that CD ends, do I want to put it back into a CD or something? Mm-hmm. And then it's safe because, you know, like it, I can't touch it. Right. And they can't, you know, like it's just going to sit there and like, I don't have to think about it. I, um, when I had a little bit more saving like before i had Mm. a kid (laughs) um i used to put them in cd because i wanted to i wanted myself to feel like i did not have that money (laughs) the purpose of putting it in the bank is to just to forget about Mm. it or else i have to spend it (laughs) but anyhow um i you know today's topic was uh kind of new for Mm. me because i never thought about you know there are a lot of americans moving out of the US. Well, I have a question for you. Oh, sure. You know, like in terms of like Chinese living abroad, like oftentimes as an American, I think of America, but there must be a lot of other destinations that Chinese go. Like I've, I've heard a lot of Chinese people move to Africa now for business. For business. Yeah. yeah. So I, I'm wondering if you could help enlighten um, myself and our listeners as to some of the places that you think Chinese people might be found. Like not just people who've been there for three generations, but people who are still Chinese citizens. And where do they move for a few years or Longer. You know what? I think everywhere. <laughs> Every, everywhere. And um, and people, you know, working in Africa or other places, um, you mm. know, you've heard of mm. the Belt and Road Initiative. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. So mm. along the Belt and Road um, Initiative, there are, you know, like over, what, over, at least over 100 countries, mm. you know, who are involved in this initiative. Mm. And there are a lot of projects going on mm-hmm. in those countries. And you need teams, right, from China. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not all the workers, but, uh, you know, people to oversee the projects and uh, managers and, and I, I suppose even workers mm-hmm. to actually go there. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, on TikTok, sometimes I see people uh, tr- not just traveling around, but they actually live in those countries mm. for a few years. Um, and I think it's great. You know, sometimes social network uh, can be great because it's an eye opener. Mm. It shows me that people are not just going to, let's say, the United States or Australia. 
um, but actually all over the world. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, a few, was it a few weeks ago when there was this huge earthquake in Tonga? Oh, it was not an earthquake. It was a volcano eruption. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. I do remember hearing about a volcano. Yeah. Yeah. And, no, no worries, you know, no when I read news uh, regarding that, you know, there are Chinese communities living there uh, doing business. Mm. So I, th I think, you know, a lot of Chinese are pretty good at looking out for business opportunities all over the place. Mm -hmm. Um, mm. we just don't hear about it as much. So I guess mm -hmm. we're everywhere. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I guess in, I imagine in all of those cases, those folks are coming back. So like, what's interesting is like what our topic is, mm. you know, a lot of these are retirees or people that, you know, were remote working. They're actually looking to settle down. Mm. You know, I think the word expat refers to people who intend to come oh. back. So we're talking about with the Chinese in Africa, mm. they're expats. But I think for the, the, the men and women that we're talking about who've moved to Mexico mm. and Ecuador to live there permanently, mm -hmm. they're actually emigrants. They're, oh. they're moving. They're moving there. Mm -hmm. So th that's a bit of a difference. And I think that, you know, for me, I hope that I can stay in China for the rest of my life, which mm -hmm. actually doesn't make me an expat. It makes me an immigrant. I see. Or at least I'm I'm hoping mm. that China lets me be in it become an immigrant. You can apply for a green card, a green card, too. Yeah, I've applied. I, I was supposed to find out in this month. But now because of paperwork, <gasps> they're actually going to let me know in like uh -huh. June. So I'm still sitting oh, around. Good luck, Jason. Thank you. I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping a lot. We did all the paperwork meticulously and we gave them mm -hmm. all the forms that they asked for. And we went back a couple times to the department. Mm. But it takes a, it's it's a very arduous process. Yeah. Well, same. Right. For the uh, if you want to get a green card, green card for the U.S. Mm, yeah, yeah. You have yeah. to you really want to do this thing yeah, <laughs> because yeah. all the paperwork, I think it would scare everybody. Yeah. But, you know, as we uh, mentioned, even though the idea of a lot of Americans moving out of the U.S. seems rather novel, mm. right? Because it seems it's mm. been the, the destination for immigrants yeah. from other countries. Um, it might not be a bad thing. Uh, hopefully it will lead to more cultural exchanges, right? Yeah, um, I, I hope so, too. Yeah, as like a window um, for more uh, families, their relatives living still in the States to get to know the rest of the world. Is You know, like China is not scary. <laughs> for people who um, only get to know China from news, major news sites, uh, what they say mm. could be very, very misleading. So, well, I think, you know, we talk about this a lot. Mm. You know, the purpose of these mainstream media is not to inform, it's to sell commercial space. Mm -hmm. So what they need is like outlandish headlines that grab you and get, and, you know, they get gotcha mm. questions and stuff. So like they're not actually trying to inform as as much as it, keep people paying attention. Oftentimes fear is a way to do that so right and also i hope uh, it's yeah go ahead go i was ahead. thinking for um a lot of americans who have never thought about living um or moving to another country um even just temporarily you know for a few years maybe not just for mm. life and maybe mm. you could think about it right why not um it might not be as um scary as you thought um, and as you know, Jason found all these articles online. You, you know, you. I guess anyone can Google and see um, the places where Americans can immigrate to, right? Um, there are so many other choices mm -hmm, besides mm -hmm. Mexico, and how much does it cost? Uh, maybe it's it will be affordable, and for people who can do like freelancers, right, who can work remotely, you have mm -hmm. you have the freedom. Yeah. You have the world at your disposal. Exactly. You just have to work out the details, like visas and stuff like that. <laughs> 
So well, some countries it's another it's you can option. you can live for months at a time as an American and as a Chinese mm. person. It depends on which country you're going to. So yeah, right. you just have to do your homework. It's always a great privilege and wonderful to speak with you, baby. Mm. And I hope our listeners uh, continue to feel that way and continue to join us on the program. Yeah. We're out of time. Or, uh, hopefully, we can you know this episode can offer some of our listeners new thoughts, new insights. You know, if you do actually, yeah, new insight, a new door mm. for a greater future. All right. Well, thank you, Jason. Thank you. And thank you, our listeners. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.